Welcome to Heart Church. We believe the gospel has the power to change your whole life, all your life. We hope you're ready to hear from God and be impacted by this message. an absolutely terrible intro that was my confidence is at an all time low I don't know, I'm a bit fragile don't know how it's going to go and then you get that as an intro you're all I don't, now I don't know whether you're laughing for real or whether you're laughing to help me some of you it's obvious because you're like ha, 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 no get him off get the other guy um it's so good to be here. Our family, we've got a little bit something different going on this Easter because my daughter, Kezia, is not with us this Easter. A bit more than that. She's not with us this Easter. She's in the other side of the world, in Canada. And um, when we dropped her off at Heathrow, um, I had to have a chat with my wife. I had to speak with my wife in a strong manner because the last thing I wanted was for Kezia to like be leaving and for Tamsin to be sobbing. You know, like she's leaving the country. We're loving this. It's an amazing adventure. And she's waving and her mom is heaving big sobs. So I says, Tamsin, you've got to look happy. Look joyous. Look like you're pleased to see her go, Yeah. And uh, so we went to Heathrow to drop her off. My son Jordan was there, my wife Tamsin, and I'm there holding it together, being the man of the family. Yeah? Being the father of the house. And uh, we were doing pretty well. We were doing good. And then we made a big mistake. We got. God involved. Yeah. You might want to write that down. Big mistake. Getting God involved is a big mistake. Just write that down as you're. Because just as we're at the gate, we says, shall we pray? Shall we never pray? Yeah, never. I don't know if my communication skill is kicking in here, but never pray. Because we got to the gate and I prayed and you know they talk about ugly crying. Have you ever heard about that? <sighs> My little daughter's going to the other side of the world and she's like crying. I look and we're praying and my wife is doing her best not to cry. But it's making her look uglier. Like trying not to cry. I want her to cry. Ugly cry, darling, because how you look right now is not a good look. And... Uh, She's like desperately trying not to cry. And then I'm like really fighting it because I love that little girl. I'm fighting it. Don't cry. But there's a little tear rolls down my face. And like I've just got this moment where I look over at my son, Jordan, 21, nothing. Nothing. <laughs> just standing there, nothing. 
I mean, I've got this kind of moment where I've got my daughter and I can just see a little think bubble above her head saying, I'm going to the other side of the world. This is an amazing adventure. How am I going to get on? I don't know. I've got a think bubble above my wife's head saying, my daughter is going to be on the other side of the world. I love this girl. It's part of me and she's going to be in Canada. There's a bit over my head saying, oh man, I'm trying to be the dad of the house and I love my daughter and she's leaving. And there's a think bubble over Jordan's head saying, will I have chips or rice? Yeah. Next time I'm at Nando's, is it rice or is it chips? Yeah, that's what's going on in his head. Well, we said goodbye. She went through. It's all good. We, then we really did fall apart, didn't we? If we were doing well then, we all collapsed and it was all pretty ugly. And then we got into the car and we drove back up to Nottingham. What we didn't know is that, that Kezia's flight was delayed. So we get back to Nottingham and I say, I'm going to go and get my hair cut. So Saturday afternoon, I'll go and get my hair cut. I'm in the barbers. All the men are there. We're all kind of waiting in the barbers to get my hair cut. And uh, I never even thought about it. But my phone pinged. I didn't even think, who could this be? What might this be about? I just picked it up and I looked at it. And it's from Kezia. And Kezia said, Dad, that's me just leaving now. And here are three things that I've always wanted to tell you. <laughs> I went completely. I'm sobbing from a deep place. I am honestly, it was messy. I am crying. Then I suddenly looked up and there's all these men. Not one of them has got the emotional equipment to deal with a sobbing Scotsman. They're all looking at each other going, no, you talk to him. I'm not talking to him. You talk to him. I am not. I cannot get involved in that. I cannot get involved. I mean, men were literally looking at each other. Whoa. And I'm there. I'm trying to pull myself together. It's not going well. I can't do it. But listen, then the barber finishes with his guy and he turns and he says, who's next? All the guys are like, let him go. Yeah, let him go. He needs to go. He needs to go. We need them out of this room. It's amazing. That's what you need to do, everyone. If you're in a big, busy place, you want to get served quick, start sobbing, yeah? Just start to cry. You'll get served immediately, yeah? And out, out I went. It was all good. It was all good. Well, listen, um, I'm excited about what I feel God's burning in my heart to say. And um, I don't know if you um, are able to kind of just focus in for a minute on this wonderful story in Mark chapter 16. But this is what the Bible says. When the Sabbath was over, Mary Magdalene, Mary the mother of James and Salome brought spices so that they might go to anoint Jesus' body. Very early on the first day of the week, just after sunrise, they were on their way to the tomb and they asked each other, who will roll the stone away from the entrance of the tomb? But when they looked up, they saw that the stone, which was very large, had been rolled away. And as they entered the tomb, they saw a young man dressed in a white robe sitting on the right side and they were alarmed. Don't be alarmed, he said. You are looking for Jesus, the Nazarene, who was crucified. 
He has risen. He is not here. See the place where they laid him. But go tell his disciples and Peter, he is going ahead of you into Galilee. There you will see him just as he told you. Wow. I want to talk to you today. Head down, eyes up, run. Head down, eyes up, run. You see, I love this part of the story where the, the women are, are talking amongst themselves about who's going to roll the stone away. Who's going to move the stone? These ladies never envisaged that the stone would be part of their story. They didn't feel, they had no idea that this was going to be part of what was going to be their future. Suddenly they're having to deal with disappointment. They're having to manage around misery. They're having to patch things up. They're having to accommodate hopelessness. They're having to contort themselves around something that is so disappointing. They're having to talk amongst themselves about doing a little bit of maintenance around incredible sadness. Who's going to move the stone? This was never meant to be part of the Jesus story. What has happened that we've got to this place? And it's like they're, they're trying to work out how can we try and make this very tough situation a little bit easier? How can we deal with this terrible, terrible thing? We never thought this would be part of our story. We're working around the disappointment. I felt so powerfully God speak to me and ask me to ask you today, what is the heavy weight that you are having to work around in your life? What is the disappointment that you're trying to manage? You're doing your best. Your head's down. You're working hard. You're accommodating this hopelessness, but you never saw it coming and, and you never wanted it. You, they, they, I felt God speak to me, but someone in the room has, has got a habit that they never ever thought would be part of their story and, and now they're having to contort their life around that habit. How are we going to manage this situation? There's someone here today who feels hopeless. You feel hopeless and you didn't want this to be part of your marriage. You didn't want this disappointment to be part of your story. But hey, here we are. And, and we're managing the decline. We're, we're, we're dealing with the disappointment. We're bringing a bit of maintenance to a very tough situation. Somebody's ill. And you're having to contort your body around this illness. You didn't see this illness coming. You didn't plan for the sickness, but it's here. I, I wrote down fractured relationships. That there are people in your day, your week looks a bit different because you're having to bend your day and your week around some stuff because 
You never thought that this relationship would get fractured. You never thought that it would get broken, but, but here we are. These ladies are now having to manage a situation that they never felt that they would be in. They're looking at the floor. They're looking at their feet. Their heads down. They want to get on with it. Let's just get this done. God started to speak to me about a few people who in their job, your employment, your workplace, you know, you, you never expected to have to bend around this massive disappointment. You didn't think that you would have to kind of deal with this particular situation, but here it is. And you're just getting your head down and you contort your life around it. You're trying to, trying to work with the disappointment. Some of us, we feel a bit hopeless. There's not a lot of hope. I don't know, is, is, is that maybe about your marriage? Is that maybe about your finances? Maybe somebody in the room and you're feeling like you didn't think that things would work out with this disappointment and sadness and hopelessness and, and your head's down and you're looking at your feet and you're trying to work your way around this dirty weight that you never thought you'd have to deal with. I find it interesting that the ladies, they turned up uh, with spices. You might find that a bit fascinating to think, well, why did they turn up with spices? What was, what was that about? But you see, what they were trying to do was they were, they were trying to sanitize the stench. You see, um, you see there, there would be, it would be hot and they were trying to reduce that immediate stench because the body would begin to decompose in those hot days. And, you know, they, they, they were coming to maybe just try and do a simple external application of fragrant spices. It, it was known in that day where they would come with spices to try. And, and you're not going to solve anything. You're not going to sort the situation. You, you, you're just trying to kind of make it a little bit more palatable. You're just trying to make it a little bit nicer. You're trying to make something, uh, I, I want to say these words, you're trying to mask the stench. You're trying to mask the stench. You see the stench is horrendous and overpowering. But the ladies have turned up with some fragrant spices and, and, and they're trying to just... Maybe just see if we can make this a little bit better. Hey, um, Tamsin and me, we've got a dog called Barney. And uh, Barney's been dying for about 15 years. And, uh, and I'm not even joking, he really has. And, uh, but he lives on. And, uh, and Barney is a beagle and sometimes he goes out and... And he rolls and stuff. Now, if you've not got a dog, you're like, move on, brother. It's not a big deal. But if you have got a dog, you know my pain. Because the smell all over the house, it is stinking. It is horrendous. It's a stench. And when we first got the dog and he first rolled in some kind of fox stuff, we uh, thought that, if you sprayed the air freshener around a little bit, yeah, 
little bit of air freshener here and there makes it all better. Let me tell you that the air freshener does not make it any better. Because now all you've got is a horrendous smell with a little bit of flowery smell connected to it, yeah? That's what you've got. It is disgusting. And you see, I find it interesting because here I am, this Scottish guy speaking to you today. And the truth is that every single one of us, we've rolled and stuff. Every single one of us, the Bible says it, like we stench. We're like stench before God because we've rebelled against him. And, you know, we've, we've done stuff that, like, that, that, that offends God. Now, listen, please don't be upset if you're a guest here and thinking, wow, I turned up and the guy told me I stink. I, I want you to know that we all stink. You're welcome here because this is a stinking place, yeah? We're all smelling. We're, we're, we're all, we've all fallen short of God's glory. We're, we're all in the same boat here. But you see, the thing is, is that like some people, they want to try and they want to put a little bit of air freshener around. You know, they want to kind of spray a little bit of like, oh, you know, let's, let's mask the stench. Let's mask the stench. Maybe they're saying, oh, you know, I'm a good person. I'm a good person. I give to charity. Yeah. Whoa, this one might sting a bit. I go to church. It's like, oh, people are like, we're trying to like put a little bit of air freshener around and all, all like it does is it just makes the stench smell a little bit flowery. But the stench is still there. Oh, you see, friend, if you could only understand that this wonderful, powerful story of Easter weekend is that Jesus died on the cross, that his blood, we sang about it, earlier about the blood of Jesus you see let me put it like this our dog he doesn't need a little bit of air freshener we need to scrub that dog clean and get rid of all the stuff that's on him and what the story of our lives is that like you know there's no point in just trying to be a good person trying to do a few good works trying to do some nice stuff to make us seem a bit better a little bit nicer as a person the bible says that we've all messed up and we need to allow the powerful blood of Jesus Christ wash us completely clean. Make us completely clean. That the powerful blood of Christ comes and absolutely cleanses us from the top of our being to the bottom of our... You see, we're not, we're not good people. You're not joined a bunch of good people. We're stinking people that have been washed in the blood of the Lamb. We're stinking people that have been absolutely cleansed by the powerful blood of Jesus. That we've allowed to say, Jesus, you know, I'm pretty messed up. Let me talk for me. Mark Ritchie, I think stupid things. I do stupid things. I'll hurt people. I hurt people that I love. I say things that I regret. I have thoughts that are obnoxious to God. And I'm not a good person, but wow, the blood of Jesus Christ has washed me completely clean. And I stand right now completely clean in the presence of God. That God does not see me in my mess and in my stuff. But God looks at me and sees Jesus Christ right now. He sees the blood of Jesus and he says, wow, completely clean. 
You see, I remember when we were kids and we used to have those etch-a-sketch things, yeah? And uh, we used to kind of do our little drawings on it and they were rubbish because we were like little. And then you would go and show your dad and your dad had to kind of big them up because he's a dad. And be like, oh, that's amazing. That's amazing. And he's never allowed to say, what is it? Yeah, he's not allowed to say that. So you're like, hey, dad, look, at, look what I've drawn for you. Never tell him what it is. Hey, dad, look what I've drawn for you. He's like, oh, that is such a great big tower, not a tower, an elephant. That is an elephant. Well done. But all these scribblings and scrapings, but then guess what? The great thing about an etch-a-sketch is this thing comes along, just wipes it all completely clear, and you start again. The message, the powerful message of Easter is that we've all had a go. We've tried our best. We've done some pretty rough scribbling. We've kind of done a bit of this and a bit of that. But do you know what it is? It's like, what is that? But then we come before holy God and the blood of Jesus Christ completely wipes the slate completely clean. And that we stand before God and why do we celebrate like crazies? Why have we got our hands up in the air and jumping? Because the hope of Easter is that it all starts again. That we get to start again and that we stand clean before a holy God. And, uh, you know, I'm excited to think that there are people in the room right now who are thinking, wow, I, I don't want to jo join a religious group. I don't want to become a good person like kind of some kind of do-gooder. Well, that's fantastic and cool. Join us because we're none of those things. We are broken, busted people that have come before the holy God and we've allowed the blood of Jesus to wash us completely clean. And we're like, wow. And I know that for some of us today, we're going to be like, Jesus, I know, I know I've rolled in some stuff. I know I've, I know I've messed up. I, I know that. But I'm so excited that I'm, I'm here in this moment and that you can wash me completely clean and cleanse me forever. Yeah, I, I said heads down and then I said heads down eyes up because this incredible story in the Bible is so powerful because it says, you know, who will roll the stone away from the entrance of the tomb? But then in verse 4, but when they looked up, they saw that the stone, which was very large, had been rolled away. Wow. I felt so excited to talk to you today about eyes up. Many of us have got our heads down, whether that's in your situation, in your hopelessness, in your work trial, in your problem, in your circumstance. We've got our heads down. But wow, I love this. That The Bible says that when the woman looked up, when the woman looked up, their gaze, their eyes raised from their difficult situation, from their tough moment, from their dark and trouble, they suddenly look up their eyes. Eyes are raised and they catch a glimpse of something. They catch a glimpse of something. They catch a glimpse of, wow, he, it's no longer Friday, but it is Sunday. It is no longer Friday, but it is Sunday. Hope is alive. Hope is alive. Oh, I love this. That suddenly, wow, I'm being asked. See, I wrote these words and I feel that they're for somebody's soul right now. But the same God who raised Christ from the grave 
wants to do another Easter miracle. And that is to raise your eyes from your circumstances. The same God who raised Christ from the grave wants to do another Easter miracle. And that is that He wants to raise your eyes from your circumstances today and realize that Sunday is here and hope is alive. Sunday is here and hope is alive. Oh, you see, we can come and our heads down. Heads down, work hard. Make the best of a bad situation. Because we're all great at that. You know, we're British and we live for that stuff. Make the best of a bad situation. Patch things up. Come on, get your head down and work through it. Work through it. Keep on pushing. Keep on pressing. And here we have somebody coming to say today that the Easter miracle for you is that you would raise your eyes from your difficulties and your circumstances, and that you would see today that hope is alive. That for you today, I don't know who I'm speaking to, but I was getting excited in my prayer time about people in this room where sickness and illness has captivated your gaze, and maybe your eyes would raise up from your sickness and your illness and would be captured by the glory of God. That you would be captured by the glory of God and maybe you'd see a glimpse of the angels worshiping holy God and your sick body would not be your focus anymore but you would be captivated by the awe and the glory of God. And that you would be like, my focus is no longer on my sickness and it's no longer on my ailment and it's no longer on my doctor's prognosis, but my eye has been caught by the glory of the living God. And I come and I worship Him. Somebody in a work situation and it is desperate. I am not telling you it's not desperate. I'm not telling you that your work situation is poor, nothing. Somebody in the room, your work situation is horrible. But there's a guy on the mic saying, oh, the Easter miracle is that God who raised Christ from the dead would ask that you would raise your eyes from your work situation and for a moment catch a glimpse of the holy, glorious God who is awesome and powerful and has got all the ways of moving and changing and bringing life where there was only death, bringing hope where there was only disappointment. There is a God who can bring you joy where there's only ever been sorrow. Oh, hope is alive. Oh, you see, I don't know if there's anyone else like me here, but I get, I get obsessed. I, I call it being on the tragic roundabout. I don't know, maybe there's no one else like this, but I get caught on the tragic roundabout. I think about things and I journal and I talk to Tamsin about them. And then I talk to my kids about them. And then I talk to absolutely anybody else about them, yeah? And then I call Fraser Bell and I talk to him about them. And then I talk to Pastor Malcolm and I think there's no point talking to him about them. And then I'm like, it's a joke, it's a joke, we love him. And uh, it's like, 
Oh, and it goes round and round and round. I'm on a tragic roundabout. And all I'm beginning to obsess and think about. I've got two or three minutes in the car. I could possibly stick a worship CD on and worship God in the car. Instead, I'm on the tragic roundabout. I'm like thinking about that thing all over again. I'm going round in circles. I'm It's going so fast, now I can't get off. Do you remember that as a kid? Oh, starts to go, doesn't it? Oh, it's going too fast. It's going too Now you can't get off. Now your stomach is all over the place. Does anybody else remember that? Yeah, some young people are like me. Go to Alton Towers. Yeah, get off your roundabout and go to Alton Towers. It's like, oh, those things were absolutely demonized. I'm telling you, you're spinning round and round and round and round. And that's what it's like for me. I obsess about it. I focus on it. I get my eyes caught by my circumstance and my situation. I'm building it up all the time. Putting another brick on it. Putting another brick on it. Making it bigger. Making it greater. Oh, then I start to pray about it. But I don't really pray to God. What I pray is just kind of churning it up. Yeah. Because God can't, he can't um, tell me to sort of move on. God's like up there. like, just you listen to me for five minutes. Well, I tell you my stuff. And it's like building it up, building it up, building it up. I'm on the tragic roundabout. And maybe for some of us today, the miracle's not going to be God coming and demolishing your circumstance. Maybe your situation's not going to change that much. Maybe your problem is not going to be kind of moved the way you would have loved it to be moved. But maybe the Easter miracle for you today is that instead of you gazing and having your eyes to the ground and looking all the time at your situation and your hopelessness, the same God who raised Christ from the dead is asking you to raise your eyes and catch a glimpse of the glory of God catch a glimpse of his awe oh wow suddenly Mark Ritchie's problem that he's been going round in circles about is no longer a big deal because there is a holy God in the room there's an awe of the glory of God angels have fallen down and worshiping him oh if only I could get a glimpse I could touch the very hem of his garment if only I could get close to this awe of God and wow all my troubles and my struggles suddenly oh look up look up heads down eyes up they saw they saw that there was hope they saw that there was hope and just even seeing that little glimmer of hope and you're going to go in a few minutes and I just would love that if you get nothing else out of this talk that you would get this moment where hope hope is alive That God wants you to know that whatever your trouble, whatever your situation, hope is alive. There's a heartbeat. There's a heartbeat. It says, heads down, eyes up, run, run. Head, Head down, eyes up. Run. I love this. They see Christ is risen. Christ is risen. All the devastation before it's gone. Friday's forgotten. Sunday is here. Christ is risen. 
And the angels speak to them and say, Oh, run, take this message. See, I'm speaking to your soul today. And I'm saying that this hope is not for us to get into a little group and a little huddle and high five each other. That this hope that we would be carriers of this hope. The very first message, this woman, their heads are down, their eyes are up. He has risen. He has risen. Hey, guess what? Don't write a worship song. Guess what? Don't do church. Don't build a building around the spot. First thing they're told is to carry hope. Be a hope carrier. Take hope. How? Take hope. Oh, I'm getting excited because I'm thinking of people in this room that would carry hope this week. That would carry hope to the devastated and to the broken. I'm thinking of people in this room that, oh, we're not going to make church just a big shindig for us. This is not just a big happy party till Jesus gets back. This is a commission that we would go from this place. That we would carry the hope that is within us. That we would carry the hope. You would carry the hope. Oh, forgive me. But there's someone in the room you're going to put your hands on an old man's hand and you're going to speak hope. Ah, there's maybe a lady in the room that's going to put her hand on a young woman's shoulder who's, maybe she's had an abortion, maybe she's been involved in some broken relationship, maybe she's been abused and she feels life is so desperate and there's someone in this room who's carrying Someone in this room who's carrying hope. You're a hope carrier. You're a hope carrier. Heads down, eyes up. We've seen the glory of God. We don't see the glory of God so we can build a building and stay here and think this is amazing. We see the glory of God so that our hearts are full of hope and that we can carry this hope. I love this church. And I sobbed, sobbed a few months ago when I saw a little video clip. I saw a video clip at Grenfell Tower. Some of you remember that horrendous tower in flames. And this clip was powerful because there was a little group and they had just been rescued from the tower. They had been rescued from the tower and they were looking so traumatized. And they were in a little huddle. And they had got those silver foil blankets on them. Emergency blankets on them. And they were in this huddle. And you could see them speaking to each other. They are traumatized. And in the back of the picture, in the back of the image, you can see that the tower is still burning. And they are in this little huddle. And then there is this moment. (laughs) There is this moment where... One of the guys in the huddle, he suddenly stands up and he tears his emergency blanket off him. 
he drops his foil sheet and he turns and he starts running, running towards the tower. And it's powerful because everybody else is coming the other way. They're trying to get away from this tower. But this young man is running towards the tower. And a few minutes later, you see him helping a fireman bring this old lady out of the tower. See, church, I'm speaking to you for a minute and I'm saying this to you. You know, God never intended us to get into a little huddle. God never intended for us just to get into a little tunnel, into a little huddle and to talk about, oh, isn't it amazing that we're rescued? Isn't it amazing that we're saved? You, please, you tell your story of how you were rescued. Oh, you tell your story of how you were saved and we're in a little huddle and we've all got our emergency blankets on and we're like, oh, it's a bad world out there. Jesus, we're hanging on till you come back. If that is church, you can keep it. If that is church, I don't want it. But I'm looking to a people right now who stand up. I'm looking to a people right now who stand up. We throw the emergency blanket down and we run to the carnage. We run to the trouble. Oh, that we run to the mess. Oh, that we run to the brokenness. Oh, that we run to the devastating. Oh, that we run to the ruined. If you want nice and tidy church, if you want it all in a nice little tight circle, then you're in the wrong place. But if you want to be part of people that have got hope in their heart, that we carry hope, that you would run to the carnage, that you would run to the brokenness. Some of you in this place, that is your Monday to Friday, you're working with broken people. And my prayer is that God would strengthen you as you run to the devastated. I know there's people in the room that are involved in A&E, that are involved in tough kids at school, that are involved in broken, devastated people. I know that there are people all over this room that are feeling a bit tired because we've been a few times. But hope Hope, hope is not for us to huddle around, but that we would be carriers of hope. I'm nearly finished, but I saw a picture of many people in this room. You've got people in your arms and you're bringing them out of the devastation. You're bringing them out of the brokenness. Some people say, well, why have you done that in church? Why have you done this in church? We do it because we're running towards the broken and the devastated. We want to make this a place where they love coming and they can laugh and be irreligious and muck around and laugh out loud and shout out stupid stuff and everyone's just going to love and clap them because we're just so glad that they're safe from the brokenness.
I wonder if you can bow your heads in the presence of God. As every head's bowed and every eye's closed. I'm a broken person. I'm a messed up person. And I've allowed the blood of Jesus Christ to wipe me completely clean. That etch of sketch has come and wiped all my stuff away. And I know that there's many of us in this room and we've, we've rolled in some mess. We know we're not perfect. We know we're not totally sorried. And you're in this place right now. Then what I'm going to do is simply this. is I'm going to pray a really short prayer. I'm going to ask that you would pray it in your heart. Don't say it out loud so people can hear. But pray the words in your heart. I'm going to say amen. And as I say amen, I'm going to ask everyone just to keep their heads bowed for a couple more moments. And as every head's bowed, I'm going to count to three. And on three, I'm going to say, if you prayed that prayer, I'm going to ask you on three just to raise up your hand. And someone will come and they'll put something in your car, in your hand. Just take it and put it under your chair. That's fine. I'm going to pray. Then we're going to move the service on. But don't miss this moment. The powerful blood of Jesus making us completely clean. Why don't you pray this, wherever you're sitting right now, pray this after me in your heart. God, thank you that you sent Jesus. Jesus, thank you that you came. You died for me. That your blood cleanses me, makes me completely clean. I receive your forgiveness. I thank you for your forgiveness. And I want to connect with you in Jesus' name. Amen. As every head stays bowed and every eyes closed, I'm going to count to three. And if you prayed that prayer, I'm going to ask you to slip up your hand in the presence of God right now. Someone will come and put a card in your hand. One, two, three. That's great. That's really good over there. That's really good. Come on, there's a few more that need to have their hand up. Where are you? Just you stick up your hand right now. That's good. People in the room, that's amazing. Well done, guys. I'm going to move on in a moment, but I'm wondering, is there anyone else who's brave enough to go, do you know what? I did pray that prayer. Let me put my hand up right now and just join there. That's wonderful here at the front. That's really good. Ha. Ah. I'm going to pray for the church in a moment, but I don't want to miss this second. I feel there's a last person. I don't know where you are, but you prayed that prayer and you just need to quickly slip up your hand. Just do that right now. Stick up your hand so that I can see it. Well done. Thank you, Lord, for people responding to you on Easter Sunday morning. Thank you, Lord, that hope is alive. Hope is alive. Church, can you join with me and stand and clap? Let's stand up in the presence of God. Let's stand up in the presence of God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Ah, I'm going to hand back to the leaders in a moment, but church... 
If you feel comfortable with this, I'd love you to raise up your hands to God. If you feel okay with this, I'd love you to raise up your hands. Oh God, as our hands are raised to you now, we commit again, we commit again that we are not a comfortable church. We are not a safe church. We're not a place, oh God, that's just going to deal with all God people's comforts. That we are going to run again, run, carry hope in the name of Jesus. Carry hope in the name of Jesus. Amen. You've come to the end of this message. We hope you've been challenged and inspired. Stay up to date with everything going on in the life of our church by checking out our social media. Just search Heart Church UK.